Ben, Ben Avery here from the Comic Book Time Machine. Just to uh, quickly remind you that these following episodes were actually taken from a larger episode and cut up into more easily indexed, smaller portions. So there are going to be times when I talk about, you know, next in this episode or previously in this episode, because originally these were released as long episodes that covered a single month of the comics. A long time ago, on a spinner rack, far, far away. The Comic Book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics, exploring Marvel's licensed sci-fi and fantasy during the Star Wars period. Episode 40, Human Fly, issue number 6, February 1978, cover date. When you set the time machine coordinates to November 1977, and you walk into your 7-Eleven or the stoppy shoppy, as I did, and you step into the row that has the magazine rack and the spinner rack or whatever, you would be greeted by a bright yellow cover with the words, the human fly splashed across the top. Also splashed across the top, so you don't forget, is the wildest superhero ever, because he's real, to remind you that this ain't no made-up superhero. This guy is like Sergeant Slaughter to G.I. Joe. This guy is like Stephen Hawking to Star Trek The Next Generation. This guy is like uh, Mr. T to different strokes. This guy is a real guy in a made-up universe, and he's there to walk on tightropes and kick guns out of bad guys' hands. And from the looks of things on the cover, he's all out of tightropes. Now, that doesn't sound very intimidating, I guess. Um, And strictly speaking... uh, the cover is not very intimidating either. Um, and the cover promises again, fear in Funland. That's the, the promise that we get. And the cover seems to be a typical superhero cover front and center. The hero is leaping, kicking his cape, flapping behind him and his pimp cane in one hand while a bad guy gets a gun kicked out of his own hand. And the second bad guy is there kind of in the background taking a shot at human fly, but just a second too late as the bullet goes through the human flies cape. Then you look closer and, and the crazy kicks in a little bit. Uh, the human fly is leaping through the air, uh, but he's obviously really high up. He's falling straight down. And uh, how do I know he's really high up? It's because there's, they're on a ride, a, a fun land ride, a parachute jump, I think is what it's called. And, the, both of the bad guys are actually just sitting on chairs in the ride. Uh, I don't think they're strapped in, you know, no safety here, but they're sitting there. They're taking shots at him. Uh, the one guy, he's a standard issue goon that you would probably expect to, you know, uh, I guess be applying at any, you know, organized crime job fair. He's wearing a green pin, pinstripe suit and brown dress shoes and 
The other guy, though, he he basically stole a, a suit from the Joker's 70s wardrobe. It's a purple suit with green shirt and purple tie. But he's also rocking these awesome platform shoes. And he's got these shades that just don't quit. And I'm serious about that. The shades appear to be only lenses, nothing else. Uh, just lenses kind of in a weird shape. Um they don't look like any sunglasses I've ever seen, but, you know, it's the 70s, and I don't remember a lot of the 70s. I, I just lived through about six years of it. So, uh, anyway, his smoking gun is tumbling uh, toward the reader and toward the ground. The whole scene is almost exciting until you're kind of looking at it and realizing, oh, these guys are just sitting on a ride, uh, going around shooting at the human fly while he's jumping down at them. Uh, so... It's almost exciting, and it knows lets us know exactly what to expect. Here's what to expect. Human Fly will be at a fun land, probably with some kids, although they're not on the cover, and he will find some bad guys there, and he will fight them on a tall ride and defeat them. So the cover out of the way, the cover, by the way, is by Frank Robbins, um, who's the interior artist. But with the cover out of the way, let's get into the plot. Here's the plot. Human Fly is at a fun land with some kids, and he finds some bad guys there, and he fights them on a tall ride and defeats them. Yeah, I mean, so that's the what, you know. Uh, and as we talked about with Star Wars and Magnificent, Magnificent Seven, the what details aren't always important. Uh, the more important details are the how. How does the story play out? How does the story work? Uh, you've got all these things that, you know, we already know the ending. The cover is showing us what could be the ending. Human Fly is going to win. They're going to fight on a ride. But what is our ride? What is the ride the reader goes on to get there? Well, let's see. First of all, this is written again by Bill Mantlow. Penciler is Frank Robbins. Inker is Rod, Rod Santiago. Letterer is June Christie. And the colorist is Francois Mouly. Uh, open up the book, though. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> You know, I'm talking about the how. Well, let's get into the how. Here it is. You open the book, you're treated to a splash page that tells me this comic is going to be wearing clown shoes. And not the good kind of clown shoes. The kind of clown shoes that just say ridiculous. Um, I opened up the book and I sighed. I did. I sighed audibly. Human Fly is on the front of a roller coaster, in the front car of the roller coaster. His cape is flapping in the wind, basically flapping into the faces of people who are two rows behind him. And he's squeezed into the front seat with two kids on either side of him. Uh, the safety bar, the safety bar is not even engaged. In fact, he has his foot on the safety bar. His leg is up. His knee is up high. His foot is on the safety bar as if to push it forward. It's like he's, it's like he's doing this because, hey, I'm human fly, stuntman. And uh, even if the kids I'm sitting with aren't stuntmen, well, I am. And they're OK because they're with me. Uh, you know, I, I might be nitpicking, except no, I'm not nitpicking. I'm not nitpicking at all. This this uh, this splash page is terrifying for all the wrong reasons. Uh, it, it just it looks ridiculous and he's he's in there with three people crammed into a two person seat it's just it's just wrong i i don't understand it uh but i will give some good storytelling uh points to the background which has the parachute ride in clear view you can see it right there and get a nice good view of the entire ride 
So anyway, the, the kids are children of handicapped parents. And one thing I do appreciate about this comic and about an earlier issue too, uh, actually last issue, uh, is the way that it, this is bringing attention to both children who had disabilities in last issue and children of parents with disabilities in this issue. That's who Human Fly is treating a day at the at the Funland to, is these this group of kids whose parents have handicaps or, or disabilities. And what's well, I appreciate this. You know, this is a group of people who don't have a voice the way some other groups of people do have. And as a result, you know, even now where there's a lot more awareness, uh, they're mocked uh, or they're forgotten or they're even, you know, intentionally isolated because uh, of either they have differences that people don't know how to handle or they have differences that people just think are, you know, funny. I mean, there, people make jokes about it because it makes them uncomfortable or because they think it's funny, you know, and uh, they're there or maybe it's just people don't know how to interact with them or, or don't know how to interact with someone who's dealt with tragedy or don't know how to interact with someone who has, you know, a family member that that is different from from a typical uh, family. And, you know, what's what's interesting to me about this is back in the 70s when this book was coming out. Um, my father was working with adults who had both physical and cognitive disabilities. So growing up, I was exposed to a lot of the discrimination and, and, and honestly ignorance that came along with people who were interacting with, with people who had handicaps or disabilities. And I got to see firsthand how my dad and the organization he worked for in Ontario uh, worked to inform the general public and also worked to educate um, the, the men and women that they that they served and also to advocate for the men and women that they served. And so I have to say that the human fly in general, and this issue in particular and last issue too, does get some points in my mind simply because of the compassion that it is showing, especially considering, you know, the time period that it was coming from. And so it's compassion that it's also showing, but also trying to foster, you know, and, and to get people to, you know, it's it's normalizing this. It's, it's not just, you know, shining a spotlight on these people and saying, oh, pity them, pity them because they're parents are handicapped it's it's just you know that's the that's the real life facts of these kids lives and so you know what we're just giving them a good day because they have to deal with things that, that other kids don't have to deal with so we're gonna give them a fun day at Funland with a real life superhero and i get the impression that the human fly this is something that he was advocating for and that he felt strongly about was you know people with handicaps and disabilities children you know he wanted to inspire people and so i, I appreciate that i i do that's about all i have of, as far as kind words for this issue go uh human fly senses after they're off the ride that uh some criminal doings are afoot and he quickly leaves the group of children that he was uh endangering on the roller coaster and sends them off with his friends while he goes to investigate the crime and he finds some stock gangsters or mobsters or whatever are uh, they're using an out of order, uh, shooting range attraction where you like shoot into the clown's mouth at, to open a secret door that leads below the haunted house. And, uh, we do have one subplot we need to get into, which is Harmony White, the reporter who's been trying to, um, expose human fly. Uh, she's not all that interested in exposing him anymore. And, um, I, I do have to say that, um, Harmony White, uh, who, when she was drawn by Carmen Infantino, might have become a comical crush for me if he had continued the book. Uh, but fortunately, here uh, she's drawn by Frank Robbins, and it allows me to avoid uh, any and all awkward feelings that I might have had about her. Um, she's changed her feelings about the human fly, just as I've changed my feelings about her. And she doesn't believe that his charlatan showboating is, well, charlatan showboating. 
she's not interested in the expose anymore. Her boss is and basically gives her an ultimatum and she's not happy. What's going to happen there? I don't know. I guess we'll find out next issue. Meanwhile, uh, the human fly has infiltrated the tunnel of fear and he rides in on that small little boat. But when the gangsters assault him, he's not there. It's only his cape. What? Yeah. So he's able to get past them and he finds a stolen car ring, a, a chop shop, really, underneath uh, Funland. It, what? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, one of the gangsters then draws a gun on him and misses, but it hits a single power line that cuts out all the lights in the entire chop shop. Uh, again, what? <laughs> Suddenly, I feel like I'm watching that episode of Daredevil on, on Netflix as Human Fly fights all the gangster mechanics in the dark. Only it's not Daredevil. It's Human Fly. And instead of superhuman senses that allows him to know what's in the dark from his hearing and his other enhanced senses while the people around him are blinded by the actual darkness, uh, in, instead of that... Uh, he gets out because he has an advantage over the mobster mechanics uh, in that before the lights went out, he memorized the layout of the place. <laughs> Again, it's kind of, what? So he gets out of the haunted house through the roof, jumps onto the parachute, parachute jump, which takes him up. The goons all take the time to go and sit down in the chairs the way they're supposed to, but not human fly. He's a stunt man, so... He's running up the side of the, the ride, dodging bullets while he climbs a structure and he goes to the center of the wheel. His friends are alerted by the gunshots and they come to help him and take control of the ride, spinning it around and around faster and faster and faster than it is meant to go. Again, putting people in danger, although I guess the guns, maybe the guns are more of a danger than the spinning around on the ride. But I, I don't think there are any civilians on there. I hope not. We only see the gangsters. Anyway, uh, his friends do that, help him out. But Human Fly is not affected by the spinning because he has made it to the hub of the the giant metal wheel. Uh, and so he's not spinning around on that uh, because that's that's stationary. It's 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 set in place. Uh, the goons, however, are and they are super dizzy when the ride stops. They're all groaning. At least one of them throws up. Now, the barf is off panel, but that guy, that sound effect coming out of his word balloon is definitely vomit. I mean, he's <laughs> it's spelled a. Uh, B-L-A-A-H-P-P. -P. I mean, if that's not a vomit sound, bleep, I don't know what is. And I think that's definitely a contender for the special effect of the day. Because really, for the last few months, the only special effects we've been getting are Chewy going gronk. So yeah, a nice good bleep is, is I'm glad to see it. So Human Fly at least wins one thing uh, this month of comics uh, from February, cover date February 78, and that is the blop, the sound effect of the day. Anyway, uh, we then get to the final page, and we laugh at the goons as Human Fly then also inspires the kids, and we get a 70s family action show wrap-up that's, you know, just full of, of terrible jokes. And I'm going to go ahead and just read it, you know. Um, the kids say, Mr. Fly, you were just terrific. Yeah, super too. No, kids. Anyone could have done what I did with the proper training. As he lands on his tiptoes doing a flip off of the, the ride. And with three friends who know what to do in a jam. <laughs> and then uh, one of his friends says, You think you're ready for another day off, Fly? Not until I recover from this one, Blaze. Yeah. 
I can almost imagine them all in that last panel just freeze framing as they laugh, Chips style. And for those youngsters out there, Chips is a 70s cop show that freeze framed them while they laughed at a really bad joke at the very end of the episode. Anyway, this whole thing, it's not bad enough to be funny. It's not good enough to be actually funny. It's not one of those so bad, it's good. It's kind of just so mediocre, it's bad. And I've already spent more time analyzing this than it really deserves in my mind. Again, I, I like the spotlight getting shown on shown upon people with disabilities and the way it's, it kind of, like I said, normalizes them as, as just people, you know? They're, they're people who have different problems than than a typical family might have but uh, not a lot of time was spent on that uh it just you know like I said being a normal thing for them it's, it's a normalizing and i remember that that was part of my, my dad's job in the 70s was was awareness and and helping people to gain acceptance on a larger scale and back then i felt like it was just beginning or at least that's the impression that i got as i remember things back in the 70s but and it might have just been in the area where I lived as well, up in Ontario. But anyway, I, I'm done. It's time to move on to something more fun, I hope. So uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and, and crack open uh, my, my Godzilla comics here. Thanks for listening to the Comic Book Time Machine's Marvel's Cosmic Comics feed. You can find more discussion of many, many more comics like Superman and Spider-Man, What Ifs and Elseworlds, The Six Million Dollar Man and Batman, comics seven days old and seven decades old, on our main feed, which you can find on iTunes or at comicbooktimemachine.com. We'd also love it if you join us on Facebook at facebook.com or on Twitter, where we are at Comic Time. Next episode, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, issue number seven. Again, February 1978, cover date.